I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about next-generation wireless technology. We're chatting about how wireless technology has evolved, what a business should expect from their provider, and how South Africa's tech uptake compares against global trends. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how next-generation wireless technology can improve your business communications. Today, I'm joined by Nick Erke from Tirana Wireless. Nick, welcome. Thank you so much. Did nice I say to Erke correctly? No, sorry. Uh, it's, it's one of the pronunciations that I'm comfortable with. Okay. Well, how would you say it? Erke. Erke. Okay. Erke. All right. Um, Nick, so we always start the show by uh, just giving our, our listeners a little bit of a background of how you got to where you got to. Indeed. I'm sure you didn't uh, study fashion or accounting or something like that. Sometimes I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. Thanks, uh, Yaku. Nice to be here. Um, so, gee whiskers, I, I, I think I stumbled into telecommunications. I, I have a face for IT, I think, and so I naturally progressed in that, in that field and um, have had a, a career really in sales and building relationships and making sure that um, people are happy. And uh, finding products to to let them uh, to to uh, to sell to them, and um, got into IT, got into Dell computers for a while, ran around Africa for my sins, and oh. then uh, got a call uh, from an ex-boss who said he's got an exciting opportunity in telecoms, and would I join? So that was my start in telecoms, and then it progressed into where I now work for Tirana. And run Africa for them, so quite an exciting journey. Okay, and then quickly, um, Tirana. Before we go into the real questions, uh, just tell us a little bit about Tirana. So Tirana is a four hundred million dollar bet on the future of connectivity. So taking fixed wireless and making it accessible, making it available, and using it to bridge the digital divide, so that communities, people, nations, effectively have an access to highly available, highly reliable. Um, uh, internet. Okay, well, that actually tees up our discussion perfectly. A $400 million bet. Yeah. And if it goes wrong, yeah, then it's going to be so difficult. I, I always say you can, uh, you can fix problems two ways. One of them is with money. Yes. <laughs> if you throw enough of it uh, at a problem, you will probably solve it. So. Okay, so let's, so let's go into that. So, so um, when we talk about next generation wireless, what, what does that mean? So there, there's really two ecosystems in, in wireless in, in for, for internet. The first one is the 802.11 ecosystem, which is what we know as Wi-Fi. Okay, and that's what happens in, inside the house. Exactly. So Wi-Fi inside a house is where it was designed and what it was designed for. It was to share um, data inside a building. The other one, of course, is 3GPP, which is the um, 3G, 4G, 5G technology we know today, which is designed around mobile. Neither of those two technologies was designed for fixed wireless. So like you have your um, your cables that um, come into the house, et cetera, et cetera, those are fixed services. So neither of the 802.11 ecosystem or the 3GPP ecosystem is designed for fixed services. So what people are trying to do is shoehorn those two technologies and uh, make it available to people as a fixed service. So some people use their phone as a hotspot or a LTE router as a hotspot, as an example, or even some kind of fixed wireless medium, a radio on their roof, as an example, for internet to their home, to their business. 
but none of those technologies were purpose built and purpose designed from the from the silicone up for fixed services. And so that's really what that $400 million and 13 years of development went into was how do you solve the problems of taking a wireless technology and then making it suitable for fixed-type services. And fixed-type services are typically uncapped, unshaped, and high capacity. So uh, – and I really love the way that you teed up this conversation now. Um, so I always refer where, where I live in, in Madrid. Um <laughs> Uh, we've, there's a there's a tech group there in the state where I live, and and um, uh, these ubiquitous terms um, is 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 the Wi-Fi down. Yes. So I, I always laugh at that, and in and in uh, it's while uh, you know I was preparing for this discussion, um, I thought about how um, the end customer just expects that the connectivity must just work, and like you say, uh, so and I referred to this recently. Uh, somebody on that Wi-Fi group said, "Why is it when the when there's load shedding that uh, the LTE doesn't want to want to work, or, or my internet gets slower?" So it's such a there's such a uh, almost like want to say I don't want I don't want to say uh, education a perception gap that it's really hard from a technology perspective to address that that uh, expectation because it's, it must just be there and it must just work. Exactly. Um, so when we look at it from from uh, my next question is: Is when I look, when I'm a look at it from my business's perspective, should wireless be a, a, a part of the mix? Because I think there's this perception that that wireless is not really that reliable, or it's expensive, or and and what you're talking about now is the technology was sort of gr- built up, ground up to 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 address a problem. Sure. So I mean, there's a whole lot in that question. So I would start off by saying that. The, the key fundamental is connectivity. And there are a number of mediums that is available to people so that they can have connectivity. In South Africa, we're quite fortunate that the mobile operators cover 99.99% of the population. So there is access to coverage. The problem is, like you're saying, is around reliability and then the cost to deliver that service. So historically, the costs have been quite high. You either have to trench and or run cable and the problem with typical copper cables get stolen quite often, but also it's, you know, a hundred year technology. It's over a hundred years. If you yeah. think about copper networks and where it started with, uh, with, um, that trusty old analog phone. line at your house or the ADSL line at your house. That normal belief before yes. this, the yes. same copper. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then it progressed. And of course, um, the initial cost to deploy because it was a monopoly in the country was quite high because you had to, you had to create your own infrastructure and you had to build out your own infrastructure. Um, the the reliability comes really around the whole ecosystem and how is it built out and is it built out so that it provides a high level of availability and redundancy. Now, with a wireless network, the benefit is that you know it's it's impossible to cut the wire. Yes. So this is a big advantage for wireless. Um, and if you think about your mobile phone as an example, you're almost able to go anywhere and make a call. But, of course, sometimes the call drops, et cetera, et cetera. And these are some of the challenges that you have on, on a lot of technologies. The, the Tirana goal was to provide a service that rivaled fiber that could be rolled out very, very quickly, could roll out and cover huge populations and do it at a much lower cost than trenching or doing, for example, aerial cable. Now, the benefit of that is that you could use the same infrastructure 
the towers, the fiber going to the towers. And if you think about taking 10 gigs of capacity to a tower, what Tirana does is then extends those 10 gigs so that people then can have access to high capacity. So what we're able to do is the home past becomes a fraction of the cost of traditional wireline networks. That's number one. Number two is the availability on the high sites has been challenged in this country from load shedding and from vandalism and theft. Those have been addressed, but they won't be perfectly addressed. But Tirana's designed a technology that's called um, the, uh, the primary BN. So for our customers, the benefit is that should a high site go down that has a Tirana base station on it, the RN, the, the customer premise equipment, will start to look for another BN to get service from. So like another tower? Another tower. Okay. So very much like a roaming or mobile service, but it's, it's still fixed. So wow. it gives you a much, much higher availability. And currently, if you look at the, the network that's running in Toronto, the first uh, customer we really had in, in globally was MTN South Africa. Um, their network is running at currently four nines of availability, the Toronto network. And if you consider that four nines of availability is less than two minutes of annual, uh, two days of annual downtime across you know, a few hundred sites and a few hundred sectors, it really is quite a remarkable. In amongst all available. of this load shedding, yeah. indeed, it's so we still very much have high availability. But like all things, there's hops, there's uh, other things that come into play sometimes. Correct. But all things being equal, a wireless network should be as reliable or even more reliable than a wired network that is has its challenges about uh, um, either be dug up or broken or cut, etc. It's very interesting that uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a bold statement that because I think the perception is always is that cable is king. Uh, but like you say, I mean, um, so, so fundamentally that there's, there's in, in fact, if you want high availability, wireless should be a part of your, of your connectivity oh, strategy. Because like you say, you can't cut the cable. You can't cut the cable. And, and for redundancy and resiliency, a business should have two separate disparate links coming into their building, I think. So one is certainly for, um, for, you know, the, the modern technology, things like SD-WAN, this gives huge um, um, functionality to businesses where they can take two broadband services. Previously, they'd have to take a dedicated service as an example. Yes. Now they could t- take two reliable broadband services, bond it, and then they have much higher availability and uptime, but it's on a broadband cost. So, you know, the technology is changing dramatically. We're at the forefront of fixed wireless technology changes and it's been adopted for, you know, a, a whole new application, if you like. And the benefit of this is to take these technologies and deploy them in your business so that you can be more agile in your business or being able to take your business to the home or to the premise. I was having a, a conversation with a, a friend the other day who said, why shouldn't a kid in Africa have a 400 meg link to their house? Why should that only be the... The, the the European or the American kids that can have this capacity. What Tirana has effectively done with our technology is be able to deliver 200, 300, 400, 500 meg links that any consumer can pick up and take. Uh, so this is this is a big advantage for us in terms of the technology. Um, so let's let's talk about that agility that you spoke about now because you, you've referred to it uh, earlier as well in terms of to say that you know the delivery is obviously faster than what what fiber can be. So from a uh, you, you know one of, one of the things that uh, I spend a lot of my time on is just, is trying to manage customer ex- expectation. So from a from a customer perspective, 
when they getting uh, uh, let's let's call it what it is in this case a Toronto service installed, what what happens on the east side? What's what what should they expect? So the customer should expect a um, a team to arrive, typically a team of two. Uh, it would be a, s- a scheduled ahead in time. Um, so they would make the appointment, they would arrive, identify themselves, of course, and then they would ad- uh, identify where the radio should be installed on their building, on their, their house. Um, and uh, sorry to interrupt there. What does that radio look like? Is it like a, is it like a DHTV dish or what is it? What no, does it's it much look nicer. Like? <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like, um, it's a, like an A4 size piece of paper. Like, so like a flat panel, if you like a, it's a flat panel. Okay. So if you think about a, a 15 inch notebook, um, turned on its side in white. Okay. And that is quite aesthetically pleasing and that can go on to either the existing, um, uh, bracket if there's a DSTV dish as an example or the old UHF, uh, uh, antennas. Oh yeah. Um, if it's suitable, it could go onto that or it could go onto the side of the building and installed it. It's quite sleek and unobtrusive. And then you would run a cable from that radio, which carries both the power and the data, into the house and get plugged into the wall and then plugged into either a computer or uh, into a, a router. And that then would connect to the home Wi-Fi and then distribute the the internet in the home. So you're gonna you're gonna get somebody that's gonna come and climb on your roof or on the side of the building. 100%. They're gonna they're gonna drill into the building. They're gonna run cable. And then at at the end of that, so it's very similar to, uh, if I can say, to, to what you what you experience when you get DSTV installed. Virtually the same. Virtually okay. the same. Yeah, it so just looks better. Yeah, it just and, looks and, much smaller footprint. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, okay. So is is that a and then and then I assume that radios in they've got to then make sure that it points to the right place or or does the technology take care of that? So both. Um, the technology can only do so much. There is some things that um, that the installer should be aware of, like the nearest base station um, to get service. But effectively, the technology that Tehran has designed is what we call no line of sight. So it doesn't need a direct line of sight to the base station. It can use reflection and diffraction and bounce the signals off other buildings to connect to the nearest base station. And this is why we can also do that what we call that primary BN feature. So should the base station go down, the the high side go down, it will then start to search for another signal that it can connect to. And it uses at this point objects to to uh, bounce off to connect. Okay. So from the uh, business or the or the or the home uh, it points to let's say a tower and then hopefully from that tower there's some connectivity take high capacity capacity you spoke about ten gigs, high capacity taking it back into the network and then from Correct. there you go out onto the onto the internet. Correct. Um, so, if I'm now looking for for that uh, solution provider from a business perspective, um, what are the the sort of the right questions, or, or what are the signs that I should look for that I'm dealing with the right provider? You know, I spoke about it earlier. You know, so I mean that sort of, and and part of the reason why I asked this is, and I mean uh, we've had this experience now where where there's this um, from a uh, uh, we've had one or two catalytic customers where we went to go and install this, the solution and it, there's almost like this immediate distrust that, uh, you know, because it's wireless, it's not going to work as well. So so I'm, I'm trying to work and, out… And let what, me understand that while they have this distrust, they're on their mobile phone with you having this conversation over a wireless phone. Yes. So, yeah. No, it makes I mean, perfect sense. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> beautifully put that, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, look, 
Um, education is key, but the the customer experience is the ultimate lit- litmus test. So when the wireless service goes in, typically it's it's been shared by less users to a cabled network. So the um, the ratio is less. So the customer's experience is typically better because they're sharing a pipe with less people. So if you think of a, a pipe of water, you know, there's only so much water that you can fit into the pipe. So the more holes you have in that pipe, the, the less your pressure. So with wireless, because there's less customers typically sitting on the wireless network, your pressure is better. So your experience is better on wireless very often. And this is a key differentiator for the Tirana technology. We can connect over 250 customers on a single base station, 1,000 customers, but we have 2.4 gigs per sector or 9.6 gigs to deliver to those customers. Wow, okay. So, so it's a huge amount of capacity that we're delivering. And the the benefit of that is it's, it's far more of a, uh, if you like, almost close to dedicated kind of service where there's less users. So the ratio, the contention ratio is less. So the customer's experience is, is, is remarkable. And also the latency is very, very low. So the important thing is, for a, a family, the kids are gaming or something like that, they want to have a good experience. So I come back to the, the ultimate litmus test is the experience. You put down a good quality radio that um, is delivered by a good quality a service provider like Catalytic. The service that they will get will be the, the litmus test. They'll complain if it goes bad, and you know how many complaints you get. Yeah. You will know if the service is good or bad. But typically, the, the clients go quiet because they, they forget about the pipe. Correct. And they start to enjoy what the internet brings them. And that is just the connectivity aspect. So if they've got connectivity and they're able to do whatever they need to do, they forget about what the pipe is that, that brings the internet. They're yeah. just happy they've got this water. It's almost become too, too, too easy, you know, so the expectation just went up, you know, it's like a, it must just always work. Uh, always I remember work. In, in my early days and in, in uh, you know, when we started doing, when it's still DigiNet lines, uh, you know, we, we, the, it was a massive project and it was only for big business, you know, so the Indeed. business would understand if there were bottlenecks or, or downtime or, or, or stuff like that. But these days it's so ubiquitous. People just expect it must just, it must just be there. It must just work. Um, tell me quickly from, uh, fr- uh, in, in, when we talk South Africa now, um, is this technology mainly available in the in the big cities, or must I steer away from it if I'm in the Santon City CBD? Um, if I'm if I'm living in in or if I've got a business in Uppington or George, uh, where, where can I expect to get service? Oh, great, great question. So, look in 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 South Africa, if you look at your coverage that you've got as Catalytic, um, you're covering. Over 5 million households in South Africa and over 100,000 businesses. If you look at the entire fiber deployment in, in South Africa, it's, it's about 4.9 million. If you exclude um, overbuilds, it's, it's less. But if you count all the fiber that's been, that's been provided, it's about 5 million homes that are, are passed. And one, it's about 1.5 million that are connected. So it's about 3.5 million homes that are not connected with fiber where there is fiber readily available. Why is that? Is that just, is it just cost or so? I, I, I actually can't say that I know the exact reason. I have some theories. One of them could be that um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith have had a landline for forty years, and they've got their O double one or O seven two number, whatever, and uh, they don't know that it can be changed, and they can carry on with the same number, but they can have to have 
a, a new service. Um, and the other one, of course, could be that people could be tied up in the existing contracts that they weren't able to get out of. So a lot okay. of people connected because, you know, typical copper is very, very low capacity. Um, and, you know, LTE offered a, a very viable solution for a long, long time. Yes, okay. And so maybe people tied up into, into LTE contracts. The, the difference here for your type of network is you can offer uncapped, unshaped uh, services and people can pick their packages as an example and give them, you know, huge uh, um, capacity to that customer and let them keep their landline as an example, give them a voice line and keep their number. So I, I think there's a combination of these things. But if you, if you look at 5 million homes past, the market in South Africa that probably will make sense for fiber deployment in terms of the cost is, and I'm not the expert on this, but you know, it, it was originally said to be about 2 million homes. Then they passed 5 million homes and probably stop at around 8 million homes. But there's nearly 18 million households in South Africa. So to some extent, the majority of South African households need a different medium for connectivity. This is a, this is a, a fact that they can't escape from. Yes. So the question is, what is then the right medium for them to connect to? And what is the medium that will give them the best service, the best quality of service, and be able to allow them to do their work from home, be able to enjoy social media from home, and obviously then also you know education, all the things that go with it. And I go back to the question, why shouldn't a home in rural Kuruman have 400 megs? Yes. There's no reason yeah. why they can't. If we can connect people, businesses, community to the internet quicker and give them a bigger pipe, all of a sudden we'll see all the advantages of including those people in the digital economy. And we'll see people start to create businesses and get online and create websites and start to do selling and buying and trading, et cetera, et cetera, that they couldn't do before because they just didn't have the medium. So what, what we're about as Tehran and with our partners like yourselves is how do we make this ubiquitous? How do we make internet freely available, obviously lower the cost, but not taking away any of the important things around reliability, availability, and serviceability. They need it up. And you can never choose your downtime. You can't say, I'm going to have my downtime at 3 o'clock today. Yeah. <laughs> it's like load shedding. It's like load shedding. <laughs> so there's no such thing as schedule. So you really want to be able to give your kids not just YouTube and Netflix. You want to give them Khan Academy. You want to give them access to information so that they can progress and have a better future than maybe you had for yourself or your parents had for you. And internet can, can definitely do that. So the nice thing about wireless is we can cover huge amounts of space in a, in a couple hours. You put up a base station and you give it a five-kilometer radius, that's 78 square kilometers you cover wow. in a few hours. If you make that radius 10 kilometers, that's 300 square kilometers you cover in the space of it take you a day to put up four, four base stations. Now, if you take that into rural remote places, we can extend that coverage up to 30 kilometers. So we can cover, so, and, and that's ultimately the goal oh, is, to, is to blanket to blanket South Africa. Indeed, where 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 are we at this point in time? If you had to take a thumbs up, to see so no, so well. we so the 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 catalytic network, as you know, covers over five million homes. But I could imagine that we would be if, and that's at a five kilometer radius. If we doubled that, I think we could we, the the count would increase considerably. But I think with where the the network is going, we'll see. You know, quite a few more million homes covered. I'm, I'm expecting more than 10 million homes in in South Africa to be covered in the next uh, uh, short foreseeable future. And and to me, the way the way that you um, 
you, you know, it's, it's so interesting. We're talking about next generation from a technology perspective, but next generation from a people perspective is having the ability sitting in rural Kuruman and accessing the world um, via the internet. You can exactly. th- there's th- you don't you don't need to be excluded from opportunities because you couldn't go to a big city to a university or anything like that. You can you can learn anything exactly. for free on the internet basically. Exactly. And um, and to me that's why this four hundred million dollar bet of yours is, <laughs> is so fascinating. And I mean we have to root for it and 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 sort of contribute to making it work. Um, so I think. My, I, I had a question around is is wireless just for big business? I think you've addressed that. We're gonna we're gonna take that to I almost want to say to every guy and his dog in South Africa. Indeed. Um, so what is when we talk around this wireless technology and you know we we, we always have the uh, perception that South Africa is a little bit behind the curve. What is what is the global trends look like in terms of this next gen um, connectivity and, and where would you rate South, or where would you say South Africa is on the scale? Are we are we up there with the rest of the world? Are we are we lagging four years behind, five years behind? So I, I, I again, I think it's a great question. I think South Africa has so many. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it's a, a, in excess of four hundred ISPs in, that are actively working to connect. Um, the people of South Africa. South Africa and Africa has its challenges, but America has its challenges. South America has its challenges. Um, in America, there's about 25 million households that are underserviced. Um, yeah, I mean, it's almost perception-wise. You can't believe it. No, you can't believe it. So it explains how they vote sometimes. But they, they, they don't know what's happening. They don't know what's happening in the rest of the world. Um, but uh, Africa is, is a uniquely challenged place in terms of the infrastructure. And one of the things that can make a big difference is obviously is connectivity, giving people a voice, and then actually then them have alternative voices that they can hear. I mean, this is you know the uncensored is 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 probably the key to why internet is so important. But in South Africa, are we at the forefront? Absolutely. The the technology, the people here, the smarts here, the the drive, the ambition. Is you know I don't believe that South Africa is behind the willingness to uptake. Oh, absolutely! I think people realise that internet is not just um, for um, Skype calls anymore, (laughs) or Facebook, (laughs) or Facebook. (laughs) Indeed, no. There's a world out there that is. If you're not connected, you're not part of the digital economy. Okay, excellent. Um, so, so from a South African perspective, we can say we we don't have to have a chip on our shoulder. We not at all. we up there with the with the best of it. Not at all. I mean, it, not just in in this scenario, but I mean, it, if you go to the rest of the world and you go to, and see how some of their they are banked and some of their you know, what their services are from their banking infrastructure, we are really at the forefront. We are we are not a third world country in terms of our our businesses. Uh, thought leadership, um, our industry leadership across m- many different categories. So internet and uh, broadband is one of those categories. I think that uh, we're early adopters and we're not just an early adopter for the sake of being early, but the um, the thought that goes into deploying that correctly, you know, it's, South Africans spend their money, I think, wisely. So they they build out their networks very, very well. So we're I don't think we're we're lacking in that sense, but of course there are challenges in terms of where you can build out because it's still an economics game. There's still an, a, yes. an average revenue per user game. So to go and put out infrastructure, you still need to return. And this is the, the the real only challenge in terms of 
the deployment, the technology is there. We have all the right technology. It's really around um, making the business case work in every scenario. Um, okay, Nick, last question. I, I just I, I enjoy this conversation so much. I want to ask you many, many more questions. <laughs> but uh, last question. So we always sort of end the show by by let's making it real. So if if and I and I think the way that you explain the technology, um, we know in the past. Two years is a lot more people working from home and all that type of stuff. So the the differentiation for me between a residential service and um and a and a business service it, the lines have almost blurred because mm-hmm. uh you know if you if you if you're working from home or you're running a small business out of a let's say non commercial property you 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 probably need that more than all of these guys sitting here in Santon. So if I'm a um a, a business owner. And now listen to this. Uh, if we make it real, where do I start? Uh, I'm probably one of those. Uh, I w- when you were talking about the, the 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 copper, I was thinking about uh, my my father lives in in Mosabay area, and what you described there with that number that's linked there, and it's the copper line still going there. It's just like, like I just I just saw deja vu there. So so what 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 should I, if if I've got a little business in in Mosabai with a 100-year-old copper line there, where do I start? What do I do? So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. I, I'm not a subject matter expert on, on Mossel Bay. <laughs> so what I would say is that there is, um, there is a, um, an opportunity for that business owner to, first of all, look and see which ISP can service them to understand what services are available and then evaluate those services based on their requirements. So LTE has a place. It is fit for purpose for a certain type of user um, and and it meets a requirement for someone who doesn't need uncapped, unshaped data and on a shared medium. Um, Fiber, if it's available, is a great alternative. Um, And, of course, it it, um, has all of the advantages of having a massive pipe as well. And then, of course, from an ISP point of view, to look and see what technologies they can provide and what speeds they can provide. One of the key differentiators is the world is changing quite dramatically and is to make sure that you're you're settling on a technology that has the scale or the scope at least to scale. And what do I mean by that is you might need 10 megs now, but you probably will need 50 or 100 megs tomorrow. And does your ISP provide that Capacity for you, so can and, they and, grow? And that is you? one million percent happening. There's no two ways. I mean, if you look at where all of the trends are going, I mean, the next version of Windows is going to be in the cloud. It's not oh, going to run on your PC. Absolutely. So it's not uh, what what you believe works for you. The 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 global technology giants will 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 push you in a direction. Well, I mean, I don't know about your house, but I have ten cameras. I actually have more. I have, I have 16 cameras. I like. I have 16 cameras. I have um, all of my light switches are are smart, so I can turn my lights on and off. Um, I have a, an, a home alarm system which is wireless completely. I have only smart TVs. I have Amazon Alexa controlling every single device, and I'm, I'm glad to share all my conversations with someone in an Amazon call center somewhere. Um, but if you think about that, my connected home is. Gigs of data a day. It's gigs. I travel extensively. I want to be able to talk to my kids. I have a camera in every one of their rooms and I can have a conversation with them. Um, I can send them messages over Amazon. I am always connected to my family. This is important. 
Now, the capacity that is required for that is critically important. Now, that's just my house. I haven't even started with my business. Yes. Presentations, Teams calls, Zoom calls. Um, all of these things happen on a regular basis. So I need to know that the connectivity that I have is reliable. And so I need a pipe that's reliable. But I need a pipe that can cater for all that. I don't want to do all these smart things and then run out of you know, the, the size of the pipe is too yeah. small. It's too yes. constrained, exactly. And I think fundamentally to me, um, you, you, you've referred to that previously, but that, that – that's where LTE doesn't doesn't cut the grade. Can't it's cut a, it. it's a, it, it's a, it's a shared uh, uh, band, if you want to call it that, or whatever. Well, so it's worse than that. Yeah, because there is a limited amount of spectrum available to the operators for LTE and for five G, and so all of those services they might have a nice fancy name like unlimited, but if you look at the fair usage policy, it's very limited. So typically they get shaped. So what does that mean? Is when you reach your cap. And some of those caps are 200 meg, uh, 200 gig, excuse me, or 600 gig. So if you work that out per day and you add it to how many cameras you've got and how many smart TVs, it gets quite small quite quickly. And then they throttle you. So you might buy a 50 meg service or a 30 meg service from them, but it very quickly gets throttled down to four megs or two megs. And this means that at a critical time, you can't choose your downtime. But you might need to get in and see what's going on in your house from a camera point of view, as example, or speak yes. to your kids or watch that movie or see that show that you had all your friends around to watch. And all of a sudden, oh, now you have to go and buy uh, and top up your data. So to me, the, the critical thing is – and, and the, the mobile networks can't offer uncapped because they don't have enough spectrum. The, the Tirana network is built on what we call the license-exempt band, which and there's plenty of it. And so this is why – the Tirana network is an uncapped, unshaped, unthrottled network because the spectrum is not an issue. But I think also, uh, and we digress now, uh, but um, I think we what's also important is, and you started to show like that, if you look at the the, the way that it, technology was designed, LTE was never designed to be, it was designed to be a mobile data. Correct. So that means a little bit here, a little bit there, and, you, and you're moving around. You can get to the internet if you get to it. And, and we were talking about it now earlier. Um, if I'm sitting in my car and I'm trying to get to a website and it, and it takes 10 seconds longer to load than normal, then I expect it's my signal or whatever people uh, colloquially uh, call it. Um, but it's acceptable. But yeah. when, when, I, when I need uh, the performance to be there, then you need a, a – Custom fit technology that you know Absolutely. is gonna is gonna cover you. So, in a nutshell, if you haven't really looked at what connectivity is coming into your home or your business in the last three four years, um, put out feelers and, and see what's out there. Absolutely, and fit for purpose and something that can scale, because a landline was all you needed. Just a few years ago. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy to think about it. Nick, thank you very much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, myself, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll chat about it, but I think when we've uh, grown and scaled a bit or whatever, I think we need to come back and, and maybe bring some of some of uh, your, your and my happy customers and, and uh, right. we can we can share the experience around around what happened, that, that litmus test that you, you spoke about. No, thank you. And thanks to Cliff Central for hosting me. It was a great privilege to be here. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. 
And um, if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za. Cliffcentral.com